Now, I probably should have asked this earlier. Was I also supposed to be pulling the stuff from the article? Oh, yep. I was. Yep. Are you being for real right now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why would I play? Why would I say yes? Hey everyone, welcome back to Carpet Time Confessions. I am your host, Deja. And I'm Tyler. And we're back. How are right. you? Right. Confused. Why? <laughs> oh my god! I did not understand the assignment, but <laughs> we are going to move left and right on along from that one. Um, I'm tired. Like, my thorn is that I had to go back to work today. Yeah, you look tired. I was so sad. I hate that for you. I hate Same. going to work after a break. That's the worst feeling. It a terrible feeling. People just kept saying, "What's wrong with you?" The what's fact that I'm here is what's wrong you? with me. What do you mean? <laughs> like I thought like, we all were on the same page here. They're like, "Are you okay?" No, I'm not. I'm not. But um, so I guess my rose. Nothing really happened today. So I guess the rose is that we did just have a break. Yeah, you did. You did just have a break. Did you enjoy your well-deserved break? I did. And I was so happy that you came. I did come and we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Good times. Good vibes. Good times. Good vibes. Good food. Good food. Per usual. I had my first espresso martini, which now I need to find somewhere to have them here on the regular because... I need those as a part of my regular life. Mm, on the rag. Yeah. But you know. Okay. So what's your rose and thorn? Well, my rose was the trip to New York too. And I'm glad that we got to go to the show. And um, yeah, the Read Live show, the 10 year anniversary show is the show that I'm referring to. We went and it was great. And I love seeing them and I love that podcast. And yeah, it like really represents our friendship um I guess in the beginning stages because you introduced me to the podcast and yeah it was just a very emotional experience for me I don't know why but I feel like I've been very (laughs) emotional recently like more than normal Mm. um but yeah I'm glad that we got to go in New York same um my thorn is basically the same as yours and it's just being back to reality yeah like that sucks but my birthday is coming up so i'm trying to remain positive because i said that fantastic february was going to be my theme for the entire month and i only have one more day so i'm Mm -hmm. gonna just go ahead and say it but fantastic february was pretty fantastic if you ask me like every day was great in february and i think it was that way because i led with that intention all right. So now I'm theming all of my months for the rest of time. For the rest of time. Yes. So all right. March is coming. It's my birthday, but it's going to be money making March. So money making March. Yeah. I'm feeling all good. right. That's alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. It's like fantastic February. It has to be just because of the way my mind works. So yeah. But yeah. So that's mm-hmm. all right. Are you ready to play word association? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, ready. Do you want me to go first? Um, sure. You can go first. All right. Your first word is yes. alien. Superstar. Satire. Sucks. <laughs> Bangs. <laughs> <laughs> the way our eyebrows just did whatever they just did. Yeah, I just blinked a bunch because all I could think was not the bang. Like, I didn't even know what to say. <laughs> Rodeo. Cowboy. Cookout. 
Atlanta born exchange. All right, that was it. All right, not the Bay <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know what else to say. Like that's funny. All right, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Your first word, penny. Out. <laughs> Face down. <laughs> Tomato. Allergic. <laughs> Balloon. Animal. Gray. This is anatomy. <laughs> no, because I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> and lastly, self. Worth. Okay. Mm, 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 mm. Snap, snap. Okay. Snap, snap. Snap, snap for the self worth. Oh, man. All right. We're switching it up this week, and Tyler's going to lead us through our article and episode. So, what article are we talking about? Also, we should probably give like a... A disclaimer? Yes. Yeah, because this would be sad. This week is a little bit of a sad episode, sad topic, and guess what? For once, it was not my doing. (laughs) I didn't even want to do it, though. I wanted to come up with something else. I literally said, we don't got to do this. But it was a good idea. And I think it's a conversation that should be talked about. And then after this, we can just not have another serious conversation for like another three or four episodes. Whatever, man. The people people sometimes need to have serious conversations about the things affecting them in school. (laughs) You are barely awake. (laughs) 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 Like... All right, let's get through this so that you can go to sleep and I can go get my groceries. All right. The article this week comes from Edweek and it's titled How Districts Can Respond to a Student's Suicide, written by Caitlin Peets. That just already sounds sad. It is already sad, but I don't know. But what? But how can districts respond to student suicide? Because I feel like there's so many ways that we have seen it happen, but like... It's one of those things where can you, like, is there really a right or wrong answer is what I'm thinking. I mean, mean, of course there's a wrong answer. It's definitely a wrong answer. (laughs) That's definitely a wrong one. Yeah, let's clear that up. There's absolutely a wrong answer, but, like, right can look a lot of different ways is what I'm trying to say. And so Mm -hmm. what are some of the, like, things that they say are edging us towards or you towards being on the right path? Well, before I get into that, um, it did point out some statistics about um, the COVID-19 pandemic exacerbating like mental health needs and like highlighting how much students need mental health supports in schools and that youth depression rates are on the rise. And I don't know, these numbers are just like really alarming, though, like not new. And I know like we've heard them probably in like trainings and things like that, but just like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. And then like knowing like So the most recent CDC youth risk behavior survey showed 22% of high school students, which is about one in four, seriously considered attempting suicide during the past year. 18% made a suicide plan and 10% attempted suicide. And then as a shock to no one, LGBTQ plus students were most likely to report having suicidal thoughts and behaviors. And these are just the ones that are like reported on, which is an underestimate. And so like to think that this is a larger like issue than it is, it's just like, what are you supposed to do? You know? Yeah. And I think, well, I know just because of the work that I do now um, at work, we receive like a lot of 
basically funding because I work for a nonprofit to um, provide training in social emotional learning specifically because of the effects of the pandemic. Um, And when I say like there is tons of money that has been put into social emotional learning since the pandemic has happened, like tons of money to try and fix some of the damage that we know has occurred um, in this way. But I think it is really difficult and it's really difficult to also capture in numbers. Like you said, like those statistics were the ones for the ones that were reported. Mm -hmm. But think about all of the cases where nothing was said. And so. Exactly. And then also as bringing in the statistician of it all, who got the survey? Because I do feel like my kids didn't fill no survey out, you know? I don't think my students got the link. So that's a good question too, because then it's thinking about like what communities are these surveys distributed to? Like I know when I was still teaching, we had this survey that we had to ask our students and every student had to take it. And then based on Mm -hmm. the scores, um, like they would, if a student like answered a certain amount of questions a certain way, they would have to be pulled to like see the counselor and then all like this further stuff. But that is a good question to figure out like what populations are receiving this because that could really skew the data also. Yeah. So as far as how the districts can respond to it, um, the article gives some like key points, one of which don't glamorize or fixate on how the student died. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, obvious, but also like huge to point out and recognize because that can be really triggering. Mm hmm. Um, validate feelings and give kids time to grieve. Mm, I'm trying to figure out, like, in giving kids time to grieve, just because grief is so different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, how can that look? I'm thinking specifically about, I think we were talking about this with my sister the other day about that school shooting that happened in like Michigan or something. And they gave the kids like the rest of the week off. Or, were we talking about that? Or was that just me and my sister? Mm, not wasn't me. you. Well, me and my sister were having this conversation. I can't remember the like number specifically, but they gave the students a amount of time off after the shooting occurred. And my sister and I were having discourse about like how you can pick how long like is mm-hmm. enough time for someone after they've experienced something like that. Um, to even think about one of the young ladies who came out was a victim in a school shooting previously. It was like. I don't know if it was Columbine or Sandy Hook. I feel like it might have been Sandy Hook, maybe. But regardless, she was a victim in a previous school shooting. And to then be at that school when this happened and just to just think about how traumatizing, triggering um, that is to have experienced both of those and to have lived through both of them, but also just to deal with all the emotions surrounding that. And so, yeah, it's just interesting to me to think about how we can decide how much time is enough time. Yeah. There is no like expiration date on grief or processing trauma. And I mean, granted, I, that's different mm-hmm. than this. Um, Just in the sense that like that happened to like everyone that was present that day. Right. Whereas um, an individual student death can potentially affect like fewer people on like yeah. a, like a scale. 
but it is hard to determine how long, like how long do you, like how much grace do you give? Like how long, right? Right. And it's like, you want to say infinite, but then it's also like, that's not realistic because then it's also society and school being preparatory for the real world, as people love to say. And so it's like, you don't get infinite time when you're like working a grown up job, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cause like you like think about time to grieve and you think about COVID and like all of the collective grieving and the students' individual grief that was going on all throughout like these past few years and how much grace were we giving them? How long were we giving them? Like if they don't, don't turn in an assignment, like what's that? If they're like not showing up to online, like, it's like, I don't know. It's just all a scam. I don't even know, honestly. Um, yeah, I feel like it is a scam. Uh, that's the truth. I don't know a better way to put it because it's really difficult. And then um, kind of to tie into, I guess, or was there anything else that you wanted to point out in the article? Because I oh, feel like yes. this is like the perfect transition to what the conversation will be. But go ahead. Um, don't try to fix it too quickly. Mm-hmm. Avoid emotional events and memorials at school. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's Main- something that maybe isn't considered a lot. You know, like you think of like it being a respectful thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people do those, but thinking to avoid them probably just because of the triggers that it could bring up for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they say to to not do them like on school grounds and also to not do it during school hours so that it doesn't disrupt a normal routine. And that, um, yeah, because uh, it also talks about maintaining routines. And then lastly, which very much ties into where we're going, is have policies in place and staff trained in advance. This is a huge one that I feel like probably is lacking the most. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I don't even just mean in terms of handling a student suicide. I I think that this is lacking in many different things. Mm-hmm. Like what else? Like, um, well, I think that we can just transition into what we're talking about today, right? So... The topic of today's episode or the focus is what like, what is a school's responsibility to dealing with tragedy, right? That could be on a minor scale, on a global scale, local, like whatever. And what is a school's responsibility in handling that at school or giving space to students at school? Like, what do you what do you think that should be? And I feel like having policies in place and staff trained in advance is something that lacks every single time something happens. Like um, specifically police brutality, right? When instances of that come up that get broadcast on this huge scale and then a school is scrambling trying to figure out how do we address this? Mm-hmm. We didn't have to scramble if we have some type of policy in place. Now, does it suck that we even need to have a policy in place to deal with things like this? Sure, yes, absolutely. But time and time again, it's shown us that these events will continue to occur, at least for a while. In your experience, how has your school dealt with or like do y'all have any policies in place or like what usually happens when things like this happen a scramble that's what i'm saying (laughs) that's what i'm saying this there's no policy in place and every time something happens it's always a scramble and a like we should do something we should hold something we should offer something we should plan something and every time it's this like confusion and this scramble and this what do we do? Who's going to, who's going to type this thing? What are we going to say? Like this whole thing. 
because there is no policy. But then every time we have one of these meetings, someone is like, we should have some policy put in place for what to do when this happens, even though we hate that it's happening. And then we don't do that. We just plan the thing for now and then just say, whatever, figure it out next time, I guess. Yeah, I that makes me think about how a lot of times like and I think about even in what I was when I was in the classroom, um, a lot of the responsibility falls on the teachers. And so it's kind of like teachers don't have they're not given the space to deal with these things. It's like, okay, well, like we have to like meet to figure out like how y'all are going to like address this because very rarely is it ever like this thing where like admin has like a full you know like meeting or like something I don't want to say assembly but like gathering of the school to like deliver this kind of news or have these kinds of conversations so a lot of the times it falls into the hands of teachers who if they're not properly trained how do you expect Mm -hmm. them to have these kind of conversations also while they're processing their own emotions in that moment in time, because these we're, you know, people, <laughs> these tragedies mm-hmm. affect us as well on our own personal levels. And so um, I think that is one thing that makes it difficult sometimes for teachers to do the work that they do, because there's just so there's just so much always like it's not just the curriculum and making sure they pass this and that, like these deeper levels and conversations that have to be had can be really draining. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like heavy on the teachers not being trained to deal with like certain things Mm -hmm. because like we're in the meeting talking about what to do after tragedy. And then a teacher's like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable having this conversation in my classroom because they, the teacher doesn't feel comfortable. (laughs) Right. And then what do you do? Those kids miss out on the opportunity to have this conversation or that teacher has it anyway, even though they are not comfortable having it. And then the conversation isn't productive. Like there's just so many different ways that that can go. Right. But then also like from a kid's perspective, too, like what if this kid's not trying to have this conversation or like not trying to hear this because this thing is hitting too close to home or like. This thing's hitting too close to home. This kid's parent is a police officer or this kid's dad was police brutality. Like, I don't like how you never know who's in the room. And I don't know, like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. So I think about in ways like when we would have certain conversations in my classroom and it was never it was always a space where everyone was welcome, but you were never forced to participate. And so. If at any time, like you didn't want to be a part of a conversation or you couldn't be a part of a conversation, you were allowed to like excuse yourself or to not participate in what is going on. But I think about even like who has time to hold space like that for students, because I even think about when I was a teacher, like the counselor didn't counsel. They just Mm -hmm. didn't. There were so many other things for them to do. And so. If you really think about that, like, where are they? Where do they get that from? Or like, what about kids who don't even like have these conversations at home? So it's right. like you're you're not having them anywhere, but you're seeing and hearing this stuff, um, which also makes everything so much more difficult when you think about like laws and stuff like what's happening in Florida to 
prohibit conversations and literature and things like that um, that are extremely important and in a lot of ways open doors for conversations that need to be had. And so it just seems like more and more is being limited on like, oh, we we claim that we want to help everyone and like SEL, these kids back to health. But it's like they're not even given the space to express themselves socially or emotionally. And if they're not being able to learn how to do this and they're not being able to practice doing this, how do you think it's going to fix anything? Right. <clears throat> so you personally, what do you think, like, or how do you think schools should deal with these different tragedies? Do you think that they should address them? Um, I do think that they should be addressed. I think... Each school is different, and so depending on the school and the population you serve, that can look different. But I do think they should be dealt with. But before that, I do think more training needs to be provided to everyone, really, um, so that people are more comfortable having these conversations. And I think people aren't comfortable having them because before, like, no one was really talking about this until we were forced to kind of talk about it once COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, the the being forced to do it is what makes it like, ugh. But I feel like if we weren't forced and we kind of inched our way into this, like, social, emotional learning process beforehand, it would be a lot easier. Um, but, yeah, I think schools hold some degree or they're responsible to some degree to have these conversations when you're thinking about schools being placed to places that educate students beyond academics. Like we're helping to develop you socially. And part of that is understanding the world that you exist in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a big proponent of, I feel like anything can be explained to anyone in a certain way. And so I don't think that coming from like an elementary standpoint, I know a lot of times people be like, oh, like little kids can't handle that. Like they can't have those conversations. And that's not true because I've had them from like kindergarten age to all the way up third, fourth grade. Um, Yeah. So I do think it's really important to address it in some way, but also do it in a safe and informative way so that there's not like backtracking. Like you don't want to not know what you're doing and then address it inappropriately and then have to like undo the hurt that you've caused now. So yeah, I think we just need more training. Okay. What about yeah. you? Um, for sure we need more training. Not even just <clears throat> dealing with like tragic events, right? Even dealing with smaller scale um because like my school does advisory, right? We do advisory and our advisory lessons are the whole purpose of it is SEL, right? It's to build the social emotional learning and these competencies, but sometimes the topics could be race related or about different gender identities or like sexualities, right? Not everyone is equipped to have those conversations without Mm -hmm. having some sort of preparation or some sort of training. Not everyone is comfortable. Not everyone is on the same page with like where they're coming from. And so the delivery of the material sounds different, right? Because if you're an older teacher from a more traditional background, when you get to the lessons that are about these different LGBTQ plus identities, it's going to sound different than it would coming from someone else with a different perspective. And I don't think that's fair. Like 
I think that's fair, you know? And I I truly don't know what the training would do to necessarily fix it either, though. Mm -hmm. Because, again, everyone comes at things with their own histories and perspectives. And so coming into these tragic events, right, your background is coloring the way in which you are talking about it. Like your background, who your family is, what you grew up with, that's going to affect the way in which you have these conversations with the kids. And so definitely more training, but also maybe not a person that works there. Maybe Mm -hmm. some trained professional coming in and doing a workshop or doing something in outside perspective, right? Where, yes, the people that you know are there to support you and have these more individual conversations, but something larger scale feels like maybe we need to bring in the real professionals. Yeah. Because people have those jobs. Like people are trained to do this for real, for real. I mean, that's basically what I do all day, every day when I'm not in meetings. We're like literally training people about social emotional learning and like how to understand your body and like respond to it and build routines and practices that allow you to like become more mindful and aware. Um, And it's really important, but it's also really hard. Like sometimes, sometimes, not gonna lie, I'll be like, am am I, am I okay enough to be doing this job? Like (laughs) who said, who said that I was like good for this? But then I think about how much I've learned also um, not even just about like myself, but about just people in general and the way that we behave and what we need and how like we express that. And there are so many different ways. And so it's just made me a lot more aware um, that people is people go through stuff and life is really hard and you just got to try your best every day. And I know that schools don't always have the money or the resources that they need, but they should. And I think that's a whole nother conversation that can be had at another time. Um, but yeah, we need to be able to have these conversations or at least a whole space for students and faculty who choose to participate in these conversations um, because it's not something that is mandatory, but should have option, I believe. Oh, anything else? About this? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I have anything either. Um, yeah. Heavy, but quick. You know? hmm <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, continue to um, really just pray for everybody in the school system because it's really that time of the year where if you know, you know, like, everybody is ready to just drop. Um <laughs> And y'all close enough to the finish line. Some closer than others, but some closer than just others. keep swimming. Y'all got it. And it ain't no days off in March. Yeah, that's the worst. But you got it. You you strong. <laughs> You're very strong. All right, moving into the pop culture segment. You have a song of the week. Um, I guess. Okay, what I guess is it? I do. <laughs> Um, so I, I feel like I could probably consult my phone and like double check that this is where I want to go with it. Um, but I am going to choose Bruises by Renee Rapp. And I know that I've already said like multiple other Renee Rapp songs on here. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
She released the deluxe version to her EP, which honestly included one more song and the extended version of a different one. And I don't know anything about the music industry, but I'm just from like, girl, you could just drop that whole thing at one time. <laughs> you made a big deal out of one one more song and then the extended version of something else, but I digress. Bruises. Okay. Bruises by Renee Rapp. Um, I have been all week pretty much toggling between, and I say all week, like the week hasn't just started, but really since last week, toggling between my Pandora Jill Scott radio and listening to Renaissance when I needed a pick-me-up because I was very emotional, like I stated earlier this week. And, you know, that just breathes life back into me. But one song that I have really been listening to this week is Not Gonna Cry by Mary J. Blige. It came up and I was just like, wow, this is a great song. And I really hadn't heard it in so long. Um, But yeah, I was just in my R&B era and Mary J. Blige was heavy in the rotation this week. So (laughs) I'm just going to pick that one because I was really feeling it. Okay. All right. TV. Do we want to talk about what we both watched or do you want to talk about something else because i also watched something different you did okay well let's do it all um okay let's do our individuals and then we'll come together um i watched outer banks season three. Oh, i forgot that came out and then i remembered when i saw it on netflix but then i was watching something else <laughs> how was it okay um it was it was decent it was not it didn't have me on the edge of my seat like previous seasons had had me but mm-hmm. it was still decent. I don't really know if there's going to be another season. Like, it's left open, but it was also conclusive enough that, like, if Netflix does cancel it, you're not really left with a whole bunch of burning questions. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, the door's still open. Okay. I'm glad to, <laughs> glad to hear um, that I'm probably, I don't know when I'm going to watch it, but I need to, I need to, because I feel like I watched the second season, right? I watched that. I would yeah. like to say yes. I would like to. Am I, I would, sure? I would like to say yes, too. We're just going <laughs> to say yes, because if we do, that means it's true. I just made that up, but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> I'm starting season three. <laughs> Regardless, I don't care. All right. So what's the other thing that you watched? Um, I watched Harlem season two. Oh, okay. Because I love that show. And I really do. Like... I just love black women and I love that show because they are black women and they're just like living life. And I feel like I see a piece of me in every single one of those characters. And I love that because I think I like all of the characters for the most part, the main characters on that show. And yeah, it's just really good. And I just like shows that are predominantly black because it's taking too long to get here. So (laughs) I'm gonna watch them even though there are so many that I don't. But I'm trying my best. I just, I don't watch that much TV. So, yeah. yeah. But it was really good. And if you haven't watched season one, you should watch it. If you haven't watched season two, you should watch it after you finish season one. And if you haven't watched it, you better because you're a TV guru. And I'm going to call you a fraud if you don't. Okay. That's a, that's a lot. <laughs> um, although I have not watched the second season yet. Okay. But I know it just finished. season one, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Just watch season two when you get a chance. It was good. I think it was better than season one. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I also watched Grey's Anatomy, which did you ever watch? Oh, uh, 
Yeah, I did. I did. I just forgot to tell you. I did watch it, though. First of all, the end of that episode had me in tears, okay? I literally did not. I did. No. Like, so you really were in your emotional bag. I was lit. You don't even know the half of it. But yes, I was. (laughs) And that just had me so sad because it was just like, I don't even know what it was about it. And it wasn't because this was Meredith's last episode. That's not why I was crying. Like, I want to make that clear. (laughs) I want to make that clear. That was not the forefront of my tears, even though like, peace out, Girl Scout. Like, love you, bye. But I don't even remember what was happening, but I was just so emotional. And I was like, keep it together, Deja. Which, why was did it, the it matter? House stuff? Oh, yes. That. That's what it was. Because, you know, I love a full circle moment. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Is this really happening right now? Like, don't do this to me. That's what it was. Yep. So, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. was very excited about that. I caught up on my order SVU, too. I don't think oh. I'll watch anything else. I think that might have been it, except Real Housewives of Potomac Reunion Part 2. I watched that, too. And then, yeah, the show we watched together, which was Perfect Match. So, yep, we got five minutes. That's it. Let's go. <laughs> I wish another roach would fall on Chase's forehead. <laughs> I cannot stand him. I could not stand half of the people that they casted on this show. This show was the perfect amount of mess. I love every second of it. I'm obsessed. It's just really that he will forever be Roach Boy. Like, Chase ain't never not going to be Roach Boy. Hashtag Roach Boy. I wish this episode wasn't so serious because I would definitely make that the title. (laughs) (laughs) Like, forever hashtag Roach Boy. And then it's just like, Dom, finding out that Dom is a cancer. Oh, please. Makes so much sense. He is sickening to me. Like, I'm... I'm sick at the fact that I thought he was cute. I'm sick at the fact that he was literally in tears over that woman. I am sick at the fact that he always on TikTok. Do you not have a job? Like, why are y'all always on TikTok live? That's all they be doing now. (laughs) Like, dang, y'all ain't got nothing better to do. I definitely just sent you a TikTok of his before we started recording. Oh, my gosh. Not prepared. But Dom, him being a cancer, though, so much sense was made, which I found out from the TikTok that I just sent you. Um, Francesca is still Francesca. Yeah, she is, and I can't stand her. Um, let's see. Joey and Carousel. I just feel like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like they just committed so quick. And do you know what the prize is? Like, is there a prize? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Is there a prize? Like, what do you win by being crowned the perfect match? Let me see. Oh, won a couple, um, $150,000. Oh, no, that's not right. That's Are You The One. Uh, I don't think there's a prize. And Are You The One? They all split the money. Yeah, no. So what's the point? So why is there one perfect match? Is there no prize? They have to win something. That's the whole point. Because they're, like, vying to be the perfect match. There's one. And if we just get when caught, when do the new episodes match, come out? Tomorrow on Tuesdays. <sighs> okay, I can I can be patient. I don't have another option. <laughs> you literally don't. <laughs> you literally Sometimes don't. I have to remind myself of that, but okay, it's fine. I just um, 
Yeah, but I did see this TikTok talking about, I did not send it to you, but I saw this TikTok kind of talking about like the casting of it mm-hmm. and how like there's only like, I don't know, nine black people mm-hmm. cast on the show, but then like half the black men don't like black women. Mm-hmm. And then you end yeah, up true. with the Ann Sophie's. First of all, justice for Ann Sophie and Colony because, baby girl, y'all <laughs> never even needed to be on this show, okay? Because one thing is for certain, the girls make their money, okay? Mm-hmm. They do not need Chase and Dom. Let's be real. Look at them. Look at the material. It doesn't even add up. Like, and Calvin, sorry, not sorry. Next time, don't come to the beach dressed in a tux (laughs) and arm cuffs. It's weird and it's too hot for that. Like, you're barely going to exist by the end of the night. You're going to be a puddle. (laughs) I could not believe that he did that. That was so embarrassing to me. Yeah, it was not good looks. Yeah, justice for them because they deserve so much better. Like, literally nobody I can think from any show, not a single show on Netflix, like even some of the people they didn't pick, mm-hmm. would have been a fit for them. So I'm like, why Why would y'all do them like this? I feel like they set them up. They had to. Yeah, they that's did. Not, that's not right. No. That's all I got to say. So, yeah, that's a flaw of the show, but it's still a fun watch. <laughs> You know, I agree. It is. Have you watched the movie? Because guess what? I watched the movie and I would just like to say, Deja, when you hear this, the strays was not good. Okay, she had me watching that movie late at night and I did not enjoy it. First of all, I hated how it ended. Like, are you serious? What is going on? I cannot believe Deja. We we have to talk about that because that was not good. And if I had to rate it out of what? Ten? I would give it a strong three and a half. Oh no. It was the story went way Yes, the story flew by. Like it was way too short. It was an hour and a half. It should have been closer to two hours to like build out some of the story a little bit better. And you know me. I am no movie critic, okay? But I have (laughs) critiques. That was the first problem I had. The second problem I had, well, that wasn't the second problem. The last problem I had was the way that it ended. Because of why would it end the way that it did? And I need you to watch it just so that you can understand and so that we can you talk about this later. It because wasn't even good I know. And real. I told my mama to you watch it and then she turned five. it off. My mama didn't even finish watching it. <laughs> she turned it off. And I texted her the next morning. I said, Did you finish watching the movie? And she said, No, I turned it off. <laughs> But yeah, I did not enjoy. So, sorry, Deja. <laughs> I really did not like it, but I still love you. So that's all that matters. It's the 3.5 and the, but I still want you to watch it though. I do, because I want you to talk about it. Anyway, I watched, and I don't think I talked about it. I think I mentioned that I had the intentions to watch it, but I did end up watching Your Place or Mine. The who? Your Place or Mine with oh. Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the rom-com obviously um and it was very much okay not a 3.5 but a 6 uh 6.5 6.5 it like wasn't i think that it might have been a little bit too long um i think that it just i don't know like it it hit the some of the key rom-com points 
but something was lacking. Um, I don't know if it was chemistry. I don't know what it was. It just something was lacking. But yeah, like it it had friends to lovers, which, you know, is a great trope. Mm. But no, it was OK, though. All right. Any other movies? Uh, No, I don't think I watched any other movies. I thought I remember. Me neither. All right. Do you have a book for us this week? I do. First of all, I'm back in my reading girl era. Whoop, whoop. I have been, <laughs> I've been doing so much reading, not only for school, boo, but I've come across some like interesting articles though. So I will only like boo a little, um, but also for like pleasure. And while I was in New York, we like stumbled into this bookstore and I spent way too much money on books. I have a lot of books to read now, even though I already had a lot of books that I have not read that are Mm -hmm. here waiting for me. But nonetheless, I read one of the books that we bought in the bookstore. Mm -hmm. It's called For Everyone by Jason Reynolds, who um, I won't say necessarily is one of my favorite authors, but I do enjoy a lot of his work. Um, And this book was super short. I literally read it in like an hour. It was a letter that he wrote to himself over the course of his life at different points of time and kind of like pieced it all together to himself and to like everyone else who was kind of figuring out who they are and where they're coming from in the world. Um, And I thought it was just really beautifully written, per usual. Um, It was really quick. And I think that there was something in there for everyone. So if you want to have a little pick me up, and it'll only take about an hour to read. I suggest For Everyone by Jason Reynolds. I have not finished, but I am in the process of reading a new book that I am so attached to. I just started it yesterday. I'm already <laughs> on chapter like 14, which really doesn't mean anything because I feel like it's like 40 something chapters in the book, but oh, they're like okay. kind of short. It's like one of those that has a lot of chapters, mm-hmm. but they're short. Um, but the book is called Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. And I can already tell it's about to have me on a emotional roller coaster because I couldn't put it down today. Like that's all I've been doing is reading. Last night I was I had to force myself to go to bed because I was like, no, you need to get up in the morning <laughs> and be a productive human. But yeah, that's what I plan on doing after I go pick up my groceries, coming back in here and reading some more because it's just too good. And I wish you right. enjoy reading books because I want you to. That's all. Well. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> of course you don't know what to say to that. One of these days you're going to read a book and it's going to be great. Say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that um, I'm also in book club with my sisters and yeah. you're supposed to be in there, but you're not. And Asia's in there. And we're ringing, yeah. ringing. We're reading Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison. And that has been interesting to have something like heavy and like thought-provoking not to say this other book I'm reading isn't thought-provoking but Mm -hmm. it's Toni Morrison so thought-provoking um to be reading on the side has been really good also and to have people to discuss it with because that's the best part about book club in my expert opinion and you know what I was thinking about the other day and then after this I'm gonna shut up and we're gonna end up so I'm always in a book club because when you really think about it, I started a book club when we were in college. Do you remember that when I started that book club with my cohort? Oh, yeah. And then I started a book club with my kids and now I'm doing a Uh book club with my sisters. I'm a book club girly, clearly. So, yeah, I don't know what that means, but 
It's something good. All right. Book yeah. club girly. Book club girly. I'm going to get you something that say that. Yeah. Yeah, do that. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> and next time y'all hear me, I'll be a year older and a year wiser. So shout out to a me. Year I had fun. A year wiser. <laughs> shout out to everybody. I have fun. And yo, that's it. Thanks for coming back and joining us for um, another episode of Carpet Time Confessions. Follow us on Instagram at Carpet Time Confessions. Leave us a review if you are enjoying what you are hearing. And if you would love to come on here and share your story, because we would love to have you fill out our interest form on the website at CarpetTimeConfessions.com. Anything else, buddy, before we get out of here? Um, No, I've got nothing. You've got nothing. Also, um, I'm going to say something for her because why not? Follow her on TikTok because if you did not know, this girlie is really a TV guru. And Black History Month, she did the coolest thing ever. So follow her at Spillin, S-P-I-L-L-I-N TV on TikTok. And um, yeah, see her in her element talking about TV, which she loves so much. Ay, ay, ay. No, I, I, I. I love you, and I want everybody to see your content because it's great. <laughs> well, thanks, dude. You're welcome, and um, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.